0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: All right, time to talk some college football, some NFL
2: football with James Laurinaitis. Wait, wait, wait. You think we're going to talk football with James Laurinaitis when you got that wrestling freak over there? You know he's going to want (laughs) to talk about wrestling.
1: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, But James, former Ohio State Buckeye, NFL linebacker, now with the Big Ten Network and Sirius XM. James, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
0: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing?
1: doing? Doing great. Doing really well. And uh, I'd like to see you on the Big Ten Network. That's a really cool gig that you were able to uh, to get. Is that something that you had your eye on, even in your playing career? Because uh, to me, I mean, you're such a beast out there on the field. Like, you look at someone like Brian and you're thinking, uh, you know, he's going to go into TV and radio. But I never, I didn't quite see it from you at first. Did you envision that happening?
0: I, I did. I think it was either between uh, trying to do something on TV or, or else be involved in coaching and having two young daughters right now, uh, one being almost three years old here in September and the other the other one waking me up in the middle of the night still at five months. Um, th- those two are, are demanding a lot of my time. And so I was thinking, you know, gosh, I love the game of football. It's, it's what I've done since fourth grade, and it's just something that I, I can't – do my whole life and just be like okay I'm done you know it's time to walk away so I figured let's let's I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be talking about it every single weekend anyway and so let's go and uh let's go and try to make a career out of it but uh, doing broadcast boot camp this off
2: season really
0: helped kind of guide that it was going to be something that I that I thought I could do and, and I'm excited to see where it goes.
2: So you're surprised he's going this route, and you weren't surprised I went this route? That's right, yeah. Why are you not surprised I went this route?
1: Because you're louder, and you can't be a coach. Why can't I be a coach? Well, you always tell me you can't be a I coach. Know I know. Well, not because I'm loud. Coaches need to be loud. Yeah, but you don't have enough patience to coach. True. Like James could coach. James, could you coach?
0: I could, but here's the hard thing. I, I think it would only be the NFL level. I, I'm not I'm not big on this whole thing. Uh, The whole recruiting and how recruiting has kind of gotten out of control and now there's early signing periods and yada, yada, yada. It's just, it's a nonstop gig. So, But then I I, every time I think about, man, to be a part of a team and go out there, I just think about, and you know this, the the time. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. out of the facility a ton in season. But these coaches are there before me and they're there way after me. And I always used to ask myself, like, I don't know what the heck they're looking at over and over and over
2: and over and <laughs> over and over. And, over and, <laughs> and over. then some of them want you to look at it over and over home. and over and over and over. They need to go home. <laughs> yeah, some of them like to meet just to meet. Those were the, the those were, those not the good my coaches. Is the meetings, the staff meetings about the first, the future meetings. Yeah, That's always my favorite. <laughs> so, how difficult has this transition been? You, you're fresh out of the NFL now, and of course, training camp hits. And you know, for the last eight or nine, ten years, you've been right there in the mix of it. And all of a sudden, whoa! I don't have to pack up everything, say goodbye to the family, and head to a dorm room for the next you know five six weeks. Tell
0: hey, you what, my body feels great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm happy that I'm not going through that grind. I mean, I'll be—I do yard work sometimes, and I'll get all sweaty and everything. I'm like, gosh, can I imagine having a helmet and pads on and hitting linemen and then basically colliding with running backs. You know, I—I I, I love, like I said, I love the game of football, but um, I feel like over the last few years, with with the way that my my knee had felt, basically just the maintenance of it. Nothing major that I've ever gone through, but just the maintenance and wear and tear it didn't become fun to work out anymore. And I was always priding myself on being a guy who was in the gym a lot. Um, basically, I was, my whole thing was I had to be smarter and I had to basically try to outwork you because I wasn't as, as athletically talented as a lot of people that I was playing with in the National Football League. And when I lost that ability to try to out-train people, then it became, well, I'm just trying to hold on. you know, I'm trying to hold on to the door of like a train going down the tracks because the NFL train keeps moving. But I just really felt myself trying to hold on. And out. finally, I was just like, you know what? I've been blessed to, to have made a good living playing in the national football league. Um, but now it's time for that next chapter. And the transition has been, been, uh, pretty smooth. I, my wife probably would say otherwise <laughs> being home, uh, every day since really November is, is a eye opener for her. I, I ruined her system, I think, and <laughs> kind of her flow and how she had the house in line. But, um, I'm excited for, really, the football season to get started so that I can, you know, basically start this TV stuff and, and analyze some some college football and, and some pro football.
1: Gio Jones with former linebacker James Laurinaitis now with the Big Ten Network. All right, let's talk some Big Ten football. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. How do you think that those three will end up shaking out when it's all said and done?
0: Yeah, I think... This is not – everyone's going to call it biased, right, and call me a homer. But I think Ohio State is, top to bottom, the most talented roster in the Big Ten. Now, I was surprised with the preseason kind of predictions that the Cleveland paper does uh, when they gather all the Big Ten kind of writers and they do it like an unofficial, basically, predictions for the teams. They have, I think, 34 writers had Ohio State first and only five or something for Penn State second. And I was like, look, I, in my opinion, Penn State has more returning production. we about guys who have actually played and, and put staff on the field than Ohio State does. Now, that game's in Columbus this year. That's why I like the Buckeyes, to, to win the East. And then in the West, I like I like Wisconsin. Um, same thing. I mean, Wisconsin, I was reading yesterday, they've been in the Big Ten Championship four out of the six times it's even been around. It's it's pretty remarkable to see the consistency that they've had. And, and – um so I'm, I'm I'm gonna be a homer and say Ohio State, but it's not just because I played there, right? It's because I think they had the game versus Penn State in Columbus, Ohio. And then if you're Michigan, it's all gonna come down to how do they start? How do they start against Florida? Um, can they get through
2: that game and, and get some get some momentum? Uh, your you Greg Schiano, Sh- Greg Schiano, <laughs> your new defensive coordinator there, uh, Ohio State said that. That D line is the, better than some of the D lines he had at the NFL level. You played the NFL level. Uh, is that just hyperbole? We, I know they're good. I love Sam Hubbard, Tyquan Lewis. I know they're good, but better than some of the D lines he's had in the NFL. That's way. That's going overboard, wouldn't you say? A little bit.
0: Yeah, I would. I would say it's definitely going overboard. Uh, I and I and, and I was with them uh, last week, I believe. My yeah, last week I was with him. And, and um, Adrian Hawk and I were up there at, at doing Ohio State camp tour, and we asked him about it, and he, he didn't back down from it. He said, listen, I, I knew it was going to put a lot of pressure on these guys. I knew that my room could handle it. He's like, but I look at this talent in this room, and he's like, it's not just the guys that people know about. It's these it's these young kids as well that, are, that have come in, and um, he really believes he has six guys in that D-line that are going to play in the National Football League. So if you look at it from that perspective, you're saying, okay, well, maybe he's got an argument. But to say that he's, they're better than guys that were already in the league when he was a coach, it's it's going a little far. And I think it's, it goes right along the lines where you see, you know, every year you have a guy, some, some group of people on Twitter, right, they're always like, oh, Alabama could beat the Browns. Like, it's all right, let's just let's pump our brakes a little bit <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, let's just stop. Like, I get it. Like, the Browns are struggling. Um, I've been a part of some of those teams. I was on a 1-15 Rams team, 2-14 but well, there's no way a college team was going to beat us. There's just no way. No matter how bad we were, there was no way. So, I, listen, the talent that they have there, I mean, they have a D lineman, Chase Young, the kid, the kid's six-five, like 265, and all the coaches say that he could beat most of their linebackers in, in like a 10-yard split. I mean, they have freaks that are there, and Urban has just been able to roll them through. And uh, so I think that's why Coach Chiano is, is so high in
2: his group. You mentioned you went through a one in fifteen season. I went through a one in fifteen season. How did you get through that? How difficult was it to go to go to work each and every week?
0: Well, I was young, you know. I, I, that was my, I believe, that was my rookie year, mm-hmm. um, and so I was I was really young. And to be honest with you, I looked up to guys like Stephen Jackson and said, you know what, this guy's been a vet here for a while. And Stephen would just come to work. You you would see him in the coal tub and. It's hard. I mean, it's really, as you know, it's really hard going through a pro football season when you're eliminated from the playoffs in October, essentially. So you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, what, what am I playing for? Well, I love the game still. So that's my passion on Sunday. It's going to be easy. But it's really how do I prepare through the week? Because that's when you start seeing everything get um, kind of harder. Other guys are starting to get a little bit checked out and Plus, just naturally, with, with the time and winter, it gets darker earlier, so you just feel like you're in a prison almost. But you, you really just keep doing the same routine over and over. And that's what I've learned from Steven Jackson and O.J. It's You still do the cold tub. You still do everything that you would do, whether everything was going really well, because essentially the tape that you're going to put on, the on or the stuff you're going to put on tape, excuse me, is stuff that's going to either give the front office hope to believe that you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem. So, you really just kept your head down and kept grinding and trying to stay positive. And quite frankly, every Sunday I was still naive enough to go out there and go, "Man, this is this is the week we're going to turn it around." Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the only way you can do it because if you just, I feel like if you get so negative, um, goodness, you can you can become a cancer in that locker room, and you don't want to be that.
1: G. Owen Jones with James It's across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Brian and I had to do some video thing yesterday. One of the questions was. Who's got the best defense in the NFL? And going through every team, I mean it's tough to come up with a lot of good defenses in the NFL. Now maybe somebody emerges this year that we weren't expecting, but you've got Houston, you've got Denver and Baltimore. But I mean this league is so geared towards Giants. The, yeah, the Giants, yeah, good defense. Absolutely. They were good last year. But I mean, that's just four when you could think of a lot more good offenses. Um, where do you think the defenses as a whole are in the NFL right now? Are we gonna see more than like four good defenses in the league this year or not?
0: You know, it's hard because I feel like I feel like the the term good defense has kind of gotten a little skewed with with the way the game has changed, right? I, I don't think the expectations. I remember growing up and you had the, the, the Ravens defenses and the Buccaneers defenses that really won Super Bowls and now, because of the way the game has basically spread out, it's exploded. Offenses are doing a lot more different stuff. Um, and I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. I was like, I'm not sure that if I came out in this draft, I would have been drafted second round. I just think the game has changed. You know, when I played in the Big Ten and even early on, it was a lot more 21 personnel, 22 mm-hmm. personnel, or you know, two backs, two tights, and suited for me. All this 11 stuff, I was able to survive, but I was for <laughs> a couple of downs a game back then, early in my career. Now it's 11 almost all the time, and, and teams, it's all about mismatches. And and so I think the, the numbers and what you consider good defense. I mean, I remember watching some games when the Seahawks were really rolling on defense a couple of years ago. And they're like, man, this defense is playing great. And they're giving up 24 points in the game. I'm like, what are you talking about, playing great 24 points? Like, to us, a, a great defense was you're not holding up. You better hold them under 17. Yep. So when I think about it, though, I, I do love the Texans. Um, I love what what they're able to do. I love obviously Mike Grable, um is a guy that I've gotten to know over the years, just um, being alumni of, of Ohio State. But I love what what he has. And I think goodness, Clowney uh, coming along and J.J. J. Watt and uh, Cushing. I mean, those guys all down there statistically were the best defense last year. If you just if you keep J.J. J. Watt healthy and Clowney healthy and let them see what they can reach and their max potential, I like. I like what Houston has. And, and I really think it's the perfect situation for Sean Watson um, to basically be drafted into, right. You don't have to do a whole lot. Basically just let your defense set you up and then capitalize on those, on those, um, those opportunities.
2: Yeah. Playing in space, man, you have to be able to do that in today's game. And they do spread you out quite a bit. Uh, 10 personnel. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of that, especially with the oh, okay. Rams back the, the, the greatest show on turf. So you had to get ready oh, for now. a lot of that. Uh, when you took on Tom Brady, because we, we know they're going to be right back in the mix as they are each and every season, when you took on Brady in that offense, what was your your, your overarching plan to try to slow them down?
0: Well, what, what, what Josh McDaniels does um, with his game planning, and I think almost usually better than a lot of other offensive coordinators, I think Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of this as well, is he matches up exact run plays with exact play action looks i I never understood why teams would do these play action pass plays for protection purposes and and you know where the guard would pull to the two-man surface well there's no run play in the history of football that i've seen where one only one guard pulls to the weak side Mm -hmm. It's, it's always play action pass and so a lot of teams give away tips because they don't run plays that way now if you do Two people pulling, where it's a guard and a tight end, you know, fake counter action. Then, then I can get that. You might fool me, but if you do one, there's not one play that ever happens that way. So, I never understood why offenses just give away that way. Josh McDaniels will run certain running plays and then run the exact same look, but it'll be a play action. And so, it makes it hard because Tom always tries to not only will do that, but then he'll go fast, he'll go slow, he'll change up the tempo, and he's just. You know, in my opinion, the best quarterback ever. So you, you do those combinations; it makes it hard to slow them down. Every week you go in, you're like, "Well, we're just going to stop the rushing attack." We we thought we had a good chance to to really match up with them. Well, when we played them in London, um, goodness, three four years ago now. And the the thing is with Tom is that he is essentially a coach on the field. He's he's a genius, and if you can't get points to keep up with him, then it's it's a long day, and it goes back to. What Belichick does so well, and why I think his defense is, even though you don't look, what I think the best defense is like we just talked about. I don't think about the Patriots a lot of time, but what he does very well as a coach, schematically, is you can take away your best weapon. And so I don't even know what our best weapon was <laughs> with the Rams when we played them, but all I remember is we scored early, we got up seven nothing, and then they scored basically the rest of the time. And so it was a it was a bad day for us. But it's so hard to prepare for for New England. And you look at them now with the talent that they have, it's, it's I mean, you're going to be hard to find many losses for the New England Patriots on that schedule because it's a Super Bowl team that has an unbelievable ability each and every offseason to just make it seem like they haven't accomplished anything and that, you know, they're angry at something and they need to go win again. And with the head coach and Tom doing having that mindset, um, you know, New England is, is a unique place.
1: Another minute with James Laurinaitis on CBS Sports Radio. If you were still in the league and your team had issues at the quarterback position, and they signed Colin Kaepernick, what would you feel about it?
0: I'd be, I'd I'd be saying that they were trying to win football games. Um, Quite frankly, I listen. I played against Colin two times every year, Um, and the thing about Colin is is that production-wise, it started to tail off as a football player, right? So we always felt like early on in his career, heck, we were part of the game where John Dunbar hit Alex Smith and Colin comes in and, boom, explodes in the scene. We had no idea what to do with him. I mean, just unbelievable freak running around everywhere, couldn't stop him. And then we figured out, okay, well, Colin stopped really running as effectively as he used to, so let's just bottle him up in the pocket. And I think Colin tried to make a conscious decision to be a pocket passer, which he is not, and then some of his production goes down. But you still look at his numbers – a productive quarterback. The guy's won a ton of football games. He's played in the Super Bowl. So if I have a quarterback that goes down, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this guy's proven to get wins. Let's bring him in. Um, what I love about football in general, and, and I get asked a lot about the whole, would you let your son, if you have one someday, play football? Yes, I would. And it's bigger than just the safety stuff and all that. For me, it's, if I didn't play football, football has given me an opportunity to know what it's like, in my opinion, what society should really look like. And I'm in a locker room with people that, when I was in college, I'm I'm out from suburban Minnesota. I'm not from inner city Cleveland, Ohio, but I play with a lot of guys from inner city Cleveland, Ohio, gentlemen who lived in their cars because their parents were in jail during high school, but they still graduated and they got down to Ohio State, got recruited because they were taken care care of by high school coaches and stuff. These are people that became my brothers and guys that I fought with on a day-in, day-out basis. do we see eye-to-eye politically or maybe about religion or about anything, about girls, whatever? No, not at all. But I love them, and they love me. And that's the beauty about football is that it brings people together, and you can disagree on any topic, on any topic, yet you can have a conversation about it. I think society right now, it's like, if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. And that's just it. And that's where we've gotten to. And I don't know if it's because of social media or anything, but for me, football teaches, and I don't know if you agree with me, but... It teaches so many life lessons and 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 how to get along with people that you might not see eye to eye with and. Really, in my opinion, what society should look like when you go inside an NFL locker room.
2: It, it teaches you conflict resolution because you have to get, get to solutions a solution-oriented business. And if you don't, you're going to be one in fifteen.
3: <laughs> absolutely, <laughs>
0: absolutely. And Sometimes you can you can you can resolve a lot of conflicts and still be one in fifteen. Because <laughs> yeah. <I do> <laughs> I've always been blessed to be a part of great locker rooms, fun locker rooms, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 i have lucky. Colin has a has the right as an American to to protest or do whatever he wants but what he has done is he started a conversation that would not have been had if he hadn't done what he did and and I think what you're seeing right now I mean I love what Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long are doing and Rodney um, played with all three of those guys during at some point in my career I I know um, the character of all three of those guys It, it started a conversation about something and and I, for some reason, I think fans want to just be able to be like, when they tune on sports, they tune out the rest of you know the world and what's happening, but in today's day and age, I think really throughout time, we're not just football players, we're more than football players. People forget that we are human beings, and we are um, citizens just like everybody else, and we do have opinions on these things, I think, just because of social media gives us an opportunity to, to voice those a lot of times, and it's it's uncharted waters right now with all this, but it's um, it's good to see people bringing up the conversation and trying to bring about positive change.
1: James, thanks for the time this appreciate morning. It, we appreciate it. Best of luck this year. Thank you. James Lauren Knight is former NFL linebacker now with the Big Ten Network Preach! and SiriusXM. XM. Mm-hmm. I didn't play football as long as you guys did, not even close, but I always said that even though I didn't like my coaches when I played in high school, that it did it did things to me in a positive way that I carry today, like being punctual for Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Like, not that I was bad before football, but I have this fear in me of being late for things because of the shame that you would feel on the football field if everybody started practice and you were grabbing your stuff and running in late. I was totally scared by that. And then also the high school I went to, as I mentioned, very, very diverse, so... I learned a lot in that regards of playing football. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's extremely dangerous for a lot of people. There's no doubting that. But uh, sometimes we do forget about the positives of team sports like that and character building when we're focused on a lot right. of the physical
2: things. And it forces you to, to work within a, a a team framework. And as James so eloquently stated, guys from all different Places of this country and situations and socioeconomic uh, Difficulties but you have to come together for one goal and that's to win football games and, and and so when you mesh and meld all those different personalities You're not gonna agree 100% with everything I've said a number of times on this show that you're not gonna be buddy buddy with everyone in that locker room But you are there for a purpose and somehow you find a way to iron out your differences or at least put them on the back burner For three four hours on a given day and go out there and try to compete as one coming right back follow the guys on twitter at geo and jones
1: it is geo and jones on cbs sports radio (laughs) i love this
2: broadcasting business
1: i missed that
2: what'd you do no. Oh, we just had to wave off something. <laughs> we, was, ye- ye- yellow flag. Uh, caution. Wow. Caution. I'm, I'm going to leave. <laughs> we was, had a caution. Was, that's all. Debris on the track. I, know, I was panicking. <laughs> I was ripping these. I
1: ripped this out. I was really, oh.
2: We had a little debris on the track. That's all. We're going to clean this
1: mess up and get back to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, without further ado, here's Andrew. yeah a man who actually has it together this yes. morning. <laughs> What's going <laughs> on, Andrew? debatable.
4: After shoulder surgery in March, Cam Newton made his preseason debut last night in Jacksonville. He made the most of his one series. Out of the shotgun. Here they come. Quick throw. Slant pattern. KB Benjamin into the end zone. Touchdown. The Panthers score on their opening drive. Told that's Jim Zoki on Panthers Radio. The drive went 10 plays. Newton wanted more.
2: I just wish I would have played a little longer. Yeah, I feel behind in a lot of
3: lot of ways.
4: But will you be ready for week one? Absolutely. Meanwhile, Jags head coach Doug Marone says he's in no rush to pick between Chad Henney and Blake Bortles. Neither was great last night. Henney led two scoring drives. Bortles threw a touchdown, but was also picked off. Jay Cutler, 5 for 8, 105 yards and a score. Jay Ajayi scored twice on the ground as the Dolphins Scored their most preseason points since 1999, but lost in Philly 38-31. Two touchdown passes from Carson Wentz. The Rockies snapped their four-game slide yesterday afternoon in Kansas City. Then the Cardinals couldn't keep pace in the NL wildcard chase at night. Infield all the way up. Breaking ball on the right side. Pass the dive a Jerko. That's a base hit. Jabari Blash will score.
3: Hoffi will hold. Margo, he'll go to third. Padres by 3 2
4: here. Nobody out. Single, single, single in the ninth inning.
0: <laughs> hit Down <nine>, 300.
4: <laughs> That's our boy, Teddy Leitner. Yeah. Um, Padres Radio. Nobody's better. San Diego 4 <laughs> 3 win in St. Louis last night, dropping those Cardinals five games behind the Rockies. The Rangers won behind the Twins for the second AL wildcard after a 3 nothing win in Anaheim. The Angels stay a half game behind Minnesota, who lost at the White Sox 5-1. Cleveland thumped Boston 13-6 with a three-game sweep, and the Nats outlasted the Astros 5-4 in 11. And Rest is also at the forefront of the G-League schedule, the rebranded D-League, also eliminating four games in five-night stretches and decreasing the number of back-to-backs. By the way, there are a record 26 teams this season in the G League thanks to four expansion clubs, the Erie Bayhawks, the Wisconsin Herd, the Memphis Hustle, and the Agua Caliente Clippers of Whoa, Ontario. Agua who? The Agua oh, Caliente Clippers hot of water? Ontario. Jeez. The hot water Clippers of Ontario. hot water California. Oh,
1: California. California. Yeah. yeah. California. Mm. All right. This game preview is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. If your weekends are reserved for football, then you should be watching the games. Be dubs where all the fans are there for the same reason. To watch sports, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports, Brewers, and Dodgers. A three-game set in L.A. Dodgers picked up their 90th win on Thursday. Damn Dodgers. And send to Maeda to the Hill tonight.
2: That's right. The Brewers sit three games behind the Cubs for the top spot in the NL Central. Three and a half games out of a wild card spot.
1: So, this Taylor Swift song came out last night. And she has been quiet for a while. She had that album. Well, she was making a lot of noise a couple of weeks ago after
2: she countersued that dude who grabbed her bum. Sure. I'm talking yes. musically, of course.
1: There was plenty Shake of noise it off. from that, but she hadn't uh, put out mm-hmm. an album in a couple of years, and the song came out, Look What You Did, or something like that. Look what
2: you did. You grabbed my bum.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the song, um, and she put some snake up on Twitter the I other saw day. I that. That was strange. And right now, the reaction to the song has not been great. Early Returns. I don't know if this is one of those songs that you listen to one time, you don't like it, and then you listen to it five times and you love it. I don't know if it is, but I heard it. I listened to it. I'm not a fan of it right off the bat. And she's, like, yelling at somebody again. And you have – you've got Katy Perry and Taylor Swift going back and forth with, with each other constantly. Really? Oh, yeah, they can't stand each other. Why is that? What spawned this? It all started, I think, with – like one of them stole a backup dancer from the other one. Oh and come then, on! I don't know. That's how it started, but it just keeps going. I'm just, like, enough now. A like,
2: backup dancer. I think
1: that's how it started actually. And they don't they don't shut up about it. The two of them. They just like okay. And Bad blood two years ago was written about Taylor Swift. Katy Perry put out a song just recently on her album, and now Taylor Swift's still going about it. It's like come on. <laughs> enough get over this doesn't that sound like that one part in that so ooh you so horny ooh. no 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 no,
2: no. Does you know no, that part you're so horny you know what that? i'm talking
1: about like look what you made me do that's it sounds similar to that no yes it does
2: no, anyway that song um, blah,
1: blah. <laughs> you was feeling kind of horny oh that's even more blah <laughs> I actually think that Tierney sounded better than that. That
2: Well, the music he was singing to definitely was better. When I
3: met you last night, baby, did you finish?
2: (laughs) Oh wow! And I can't sing a lick, so that's pretty (laughs) bad. Did you finish watching the last episode of The Pine? I did not last night. No, Mm -hmm. no, I
1: didn't. uh, I tried to go to bed extra early last night. Uh, Oh, so, uh, you got the email that I didn't yeah, see. Yeah, it didn't it didn't really didn't work out all that well. <laughs> baby, gotcha. baby. No, I have to. Uh, one more episode to go of that. It might happen tonight. I can't. I'm not doing anything tonight. Cannot no? go out tonight. Yeah, last night I didn't want to go out. I had a friend who wanted to go do something last night. I didn't do it. Tonight, I gotta. I gotta make sure that this trip does not kill me. So I want to go into it. As close oh, to that's right. tip-top yeah. shape yeah. as I can be, which is not much, mm-hmm. but whatever good feeling I can get out of myself heading into this trip, I'm going to do it hydrated, some sleep. Some what time's, sleep, time's your flight? Like six o'clock in the morning. Oh, you have a six a.m.
2: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I'm getting out to Vegas 10 a.m. Their time. Cool. And the undercard begins at 6 p.m. Yep. Mm-hmm. Their time. Nine o'clock our time. So you'll have time to hang out, walk around, check out the sites and stuff.
1: Yeah. I could even go to that big three championship game if I wanted to. Yeah, go to big three championship game. And you, and you got a buddy going with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And this guy is, like, loves things like this. I know a lot of people do, but he is just – he doesn't get a chance to do a, a lot of cool stuff. So this is – he is all aboard this thing. Like, this is right up his – he's so excited. Like, he called his dad right away. He called his brother right away. Mm. I mean, everybody's flipping out for him. They're all excited for him. He, like, he's – He's just over the moon for this thing. So I might have more fun just watching him experience it than experience it myself. But, uh, no, I am very – I'm fired up. I am excited. Cool. I, when, once that, that alarm goes off tomorrow and I'm on the way to the airport, then I'm really going to start to – to go nuts. So, you don't
2: even get that extra day to sleep in like you usually would on, on the weekend, but you sleep you sleep on the plane, man. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah,
1: I know. Sleep on I plane. think I have to just give that up for this trip. I got to forget mm. about that stuff. Take one for the team. Because, I mean, think about it. In, in, in 10, 15 years from now, am I going to remember how much sleep I got on this no. trip? No. No. Am I going to think about the experience you, that you I you
2: remember the experience, and I just wish I was
1: there to experience it with you. Yeah, well, you could have been. Oh, I know I could have been. And you blew it. I did not. You How did it. I blow it? You should have called off that preview show. <laughs> That's
2: right. I'm going to do that right now. Hey, can we cancel that? Can we push that back to next? Yeah, we nobody. Can... I mean, come on. Just tell them to nobody go Nobody to... what? Nobody cares. You're crazy. <laughs> 80 million people watch that preview show tomorrow on CBS I'm at 2.30. i kidding. I know. I know. 80 million folks watch. I'm
1: just trying to make it so you can go out there. I want you to go, go out there. I wanted to go. Tell to them to go to CBSSports.com.
2: Why couldn't they just read about it? Why couldn't I do it from the CBS affiliate
1: in Vegas? You get 80 million people watching that show? Hell no. I was going to say. 82 million. (laughs) How many do you get? I don't know. Who knows? A couple hundred thousand? What? I don't know. Get more than that? I don't know. I'm asking you. The preview show? Yeah. Get more than that. Well, then how much do you get? I don't know. All right, roughly estimate. A couple million, maybe. A
2: couple million, two million? Who knows? Two million people. I'll take it. Somebody, please, mama, watch the show, okay? Two million people watching. It. Worked hard. That's got to be cool. Come on. You get nervous? Nervous? I'm just sad. Kick nervous right in the ass. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, what was my line again?
1: Oh, yeah. You made me do that. Coming up next, we've got some NFL football to talk about. We and at the top of the hour, Ray Boom Boom Mancini Uh-oh. on this fight. So keep it right here. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. It is Gio and Jones. That's right. Brian Jones, very violent man. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. The Road Ahead is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts. This weekend's race is in Wisconsin for the Johnsonville 180. Mm, Give me some.
2: You want some? I want some. You like Johnsonville brats? I want you to read the read. That's I want all I care Johnsonville about three
1: so asking me these Oh Road American
2: track hosted seven <laughs> Xfinity races since twenty ten. Different driver winning every time. Who's gonna win this week? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lay a new name on you. You ready? Yeah. Brennan Poole. Never heard of him. I have an idea. He's gonna win.
1: (laughs) You never heard of Brendan Poole, Mm -mm, but he's gonna win. Well, what he's from
2: Sacramento, he's about five
1: nine. He's five nine. Yeah, what else does his Wikipedia page say? (laughs) Chip Ganassi Racing. Oh, okay, yeah, that's why he's gonna win. Yeah, advanced auto parts introduces speed (laughs) perks. Spend a hundred dollars to get twenty dollars off your next qualified purchase. No cards (laughs) to carry, no points to keep track of, no nonsense. Yeah, no nonsense like Xfinity
2: Racing and allowing the guys. At the higher level the race, Xfinity races.
1: Hmm.
2: No nonsense. Stop doing it. Kyle Busch is upset about that. He won Xfinity race, uh, I think, last weekend. Somebody said that you guys should be allowed to race both
1: circuits. I agree with that. Be the big club or the small club. Come on. I'm disappointed in Shady McCoy. I am, too. He had a lot to say about Colin Kaepernick, and I totally disagree with his take on the situation. It's something that we've talked about for a while now, but his quote was that Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough to be worth the distraction of a team signing him. He said, it's a lot more than just he's not on the team because he doesn't want to stand for the national anthem. That may have something that something to do with it, but I also think it has a lot to do with his play. I'm sure a lot of teams wouldn't want him as their starting quarterback. That chaos that comes along with it. It's a lot. He went on to say, as a team trying to win and not have a distraction on the team, I just take that as a player. There's certain players who could be on the team with big distractions, and there's other players that it's not good enough or not worth it. I think his situation is not good enough to have him on the team with all the attention that comes along with it. Because I'm sure if a guy like Brady or, or whoever your favorite player, or El Beckham or a guy like that, you deal with that attention and play him. Hmm. So... It's the age-old discussion of you can get away with anything if you can play. But once again, what exactly is the thing that's going to be so distracting (laughs) to the team that it's going to sink them that Colin Kaepernick brings along? What is that exactly? So, yeah, he, he may not start for a team. He may be a backup on the team. People will show up to his first practice. They'll ask him a bunch of questions. Ask the team a bunch of questions. That first national anthem, the camera will be on him. And then it's over. It's over after that. And oh, by the way, Shady, look around the rest of the league and what's going on. You've got players doing their own protests. You have other players in the locker room supporting those players. And the games are still going on. Yeah. What is the distraction? Thank you. He was voted best teammate by his 49ers (laughs) team last year. What is the thing that you're afraid of?
2: Shady is being shady, and he's drinking the Kool-Aid because that's been uh, that line of of defense or or opposing Kaepernick being on a team has been debunked time and time again, just as you've done time and time again on this show, and you just did it. One more time right now. Uh, it, it makes no sense. You've got different teams protesting in their own way, showing their support for what it was Kaepernick brought to the forefront a season ago. They're doing it. Has it hasn't been a distraction? Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, they're with the Philadelphia Eagles. You had numerous Cleveland Browns players the other day. Was that a distraction? Did the game continue to go on? Were they asked about it? Yes, they were asked about it. And then they went to practice and did what they do on their usual schedules. You have Michael Bennett and the guys out of Seattle. You have Marshawn Lynch, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, is it is that a distraction? Or are they still going out and practicing, going to meetings, and, and the games are still taking place? Am I correct? Yeah. So what's the distraction? There's not a damn distraction. Is it because he is the head of this movement? Is that the reason why he still remains unemployed? Because you have a number of guys in the NFL that have picked up the baton, and they're running with it. So what distraction are you talking about? It's not a damn distraction. Didn't say it's play. We just had a guy who had to chase his ass, James Laranitis, on the show. He had to defend him. Shane McCoy, you haven't had to defend him. You just had a guy who said he can still ball. Right. Since he he said he can still ball, go try to defend him. Maybe they took him out of his comfort zone, making him more of a pocket passer, but he can still ball. So I'll – add more credence to what Laronitis had to say because he's the one that's had to go out and try to corral this guy. You surround him with some talent. You give him a offensive line that can block, and I think you will see the Colin Kaepernick that we witnessed helping lead the San Francisco 49ers to conference championship game after conference championship game and also on the cusp of winning the Super Bowl.
1: It's a total myth that that's they're going to have
2: to deal with the crazy craziness. Yes.
1: What What is it? I really what an those extra couple who oppose
2: him are going to come out and protest at your facility
1: let them protest and you, and by the way there's more support for him now than there's ever been yep I mean when you see the protest it's for him now and there's just no way that the team the fans of a particular team are going to stop going to the games or cancel there there's not going to be enough of that it's going to have a financial impact on the team Matt's in New York on CBS sports radio good morning Matt yeah. Mad, your phone is mad. Your phone Matt, is phone terrible. Is going hold on, I'm going to put you on hold. Hopefully, if you're on a speaker phone or a Bluetooth or something, try to get off that, and we'll see if we can get you back up because I want to hear what you have to say. I just yeah. couldn't hear a damn thing. Right. And whether it was Michael Sam or Tim Tebow or Colin Kaepernick, you know this this idea that you can't bring in a guy because of extra attention. And that's going to break your locker room up is a myth. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a damn myth. Eric's in Detroit on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Eric?
3: Hey, good morning. Happy weekend. You know, I am so sick and tired of so many people with these lame excuses about why Kaepernick is not in the league and, is, and these lame excuses. I mean, what what distraction is it? There's no company policy that these guys are violating, and if there's a company policy to state that these guys have to stand for the national anthem. That's super in and of itself, because not all of them are Americans. And let's talk about the Star-Spangled Banner to begin with. It was based on the Battle for Baltimore. At the time it was written, it was a poem that spoke about freedom and a, a country that's about freedom. But at the time, black people were slaves. So all this self-righteousness for so many people, particularly blacks, you got James Harrison talking about the only people in the be sitting down for the National Anthem with someone in a wheelchair. How ignorant of a statement is that? I mean, people got to wake up, particularly black people. You got to know your history and understand. And I'm not about calling Kaepernick getting a job. My stance is this. He has been colluded against and blackballed because he stood up for a conviction of which the majority race in this country does not like. He did not violate a company rule. You got, you got people that committed all kinds of crimes, slap women, beat women that have been welcomed back to the NFL, and they're tripping about someone that has a conviction and belief in doing something you know, walking like he's talking as far as the contributions he's made to the black community. Donate $100,000 a month of his own money. No one's talking about that. But they sit on the fact that this guy stood, I mean, sat or kneeled for the national anthem, something that does not even speak to the freedom of blacks in America to begin with. Yeah, Eric. So, with all this self-righteousness and dignity, they shut up, people, <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, Eric, and, and well said. And I do think that the tide's starting to turn publicly on Colin Kaepernick I think right now he's got more support than he's ever had from communities from the public but I still don't think that there's any owner out there that has the guts to go out and give the green light to the GM and the head coach to sign him because this is an except, owner thing this ex- is an owner right. thing it
2: starts at the top right except uh the owner Khan uh shot Khan yeah they with the Jacksonville Jaguars he said I would I would say absolutely sign him if if the coaches the GM came to me and said we want to sign Colin Kaepernick he came came out the other day and said yes
1: absolutely go ahead and sign him well who's the guy then that doesn't want him on the coaching staff or the general I mean was it Tom Coughlin. No, he didn't say that. He he was no, but i saying. But he, that quarterback but situation sucks. Right, I agree. So yeah, why didn't talk to the guy? Khan was
2: asked, would you okay it if the, the your football? I know. I, I got that. I'm saying say that, it. that means that someone right. in that
1: organization is saying no. Yeah. So who is that? Right. Is it Doug Marrone? And, and James
2: Harrison did not make that comment. That right. was been proven uh, wrong and, and false, Eric. But everything else you said
1: was right on point. It's all about deflecting. Ray Boom Boom Mancini next. Gio and Jones. CBS Sports Radio.